0: Sound. None of it. This is our avant-garde episode where you just make that sound it's for a, two hours. It is some more. I do. I do Morse code clicks with my tongue. Wet, wet, soggy, moist Morse code clicks. God, I really hope they're not listening to this in their car. Mm. Welcome to Motel Hell. I'm Bringo.
1: I'm Brongo. I told you it was gonna happen. <laughs> And welcome to Jingo Django's Big Turtle Down. Yeah, at this point we should just
0: call, we should just change the name of the podcast to The Hiatus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Back again, we have no friends, and we don't even like each other anymore.
0: Nah, we beat Elden Ring together and we decided that was the end of our friendship, so we don't actually hang out in person anymore.
1: No, what happened was we beat Elden Ring and then started Dark Souls, and it's like, well, we could hang out, but we could just play Dark Souls apart. We can play Dark Souls in like a week. Yeah. I think we played it on Monday. Right now the dogs are in the room because my wife is gone, and so if we put them outside the room and close the door, they'll probably whine. So if you hear some dog sounds, it's because we're really getting into our fursonas. It's it's mainly because
0: your wife's out cheating on you,
1: but... At the beach. Yeah.
0: That's why she's going to come home covered in sand Mm -hmm. and not lint and semen. (laughs) Yeah. So sticky. I was at the rodeo. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure you were cowgirl. <laughs> Yeehaw! So we're bar, we're 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 bar, we're back. Take it. Mm. We're back with Tech Edge Part Two.
1: Yeah, jeez, I was tortured, uh, but we're gonna start with our movie review first of Lo Strano Vizio del Signora Ward, or The Strange Vice of Missus Ward, the famous 1971 giallo by Sergio Martino. Uh, to be fair, I don't. I didn't find her voice that strange. strange yeah, it's actually kind of rough tame stuff. comparatively. Yeah. This is pre-OnlyFans. Yeah, so. no poop. Not uh, not one there instance of There was no poop. feet jerk-off sessions, and uh, I didn't see anybody putting an action finger in an orifice. Action figure, not finger. <laughs> action finger is a different thing. But uh, <laughs> which finger is your action finger? Scully's just humping the shit out, out of Fox <laughs> right now. Which is weird, because Scully's the girl, and Fox is the boy, but... Yeah, we, no, we, we take kink, a video, we'll put it on our... We don't uh, kink shame here. We'll put it
0: on our OnlyFans.
1: We will. So, this movie is George Hilton, Edwish Fennec, uh, Ivan Rasimov, and a bunch of other honkies, and um, I think it was... I know it was uh, Martino's first Giallo. What I'm curious is, was this his first movie? I don't believe so, I think he had a couple before, but let me just double check. No, it was not his first. This is his fourth movie, according to Letterboxed. So, this is part of the classic. First of all, it's the, I would say, probably prime golden era of Giallo. You're talking early 70s. So, uh, you know, you've already moved out of the 60s, so you've got more blood, more tits, more violence, and the tropes are pretty solid. Black Glove Killer, Street Razor Killer, Psychodrama Aspects, Thriller Aspects, Um, boobs yeah fair amount of titties uh one of the things that's funnier typically happens in most of sergio martino martino's films is early on there's an outrageous party scene this has it torso has the hippie party uh your vice is the locked room has like starts with a couple parties and it's always just like i don't know what parties sergio martino goes to but people are terrible to one another at these parties and it's all like wildly amusing to all of them and uh it's a lot of fun but i i guess we should say off the bat there's gonna be some spoilers we're not gonna get super into detail of the plot but uh this is a 50 year old movie so it's kind of your fault but if you haven't seen it
0: yeah but it's not like it's like ruining the ending to like star wars like
1: star wars was a cultural phenomenon this is not yeah sure but either way, basically it's a, it's a, it's a quality. It's, I would say one of the best of, so I like Torso the best by Martino. That's easily yeah, my
0: favorite. That's a really fun movie. And
1: it's, it's super brutal. Um, and this is compared to your Vice is a locked room or the case of the scorpion tail, uh, I think easily the best of those films. It's, it's got like a pretty compelling performance by Edwige Finnick. Uh, you know, for a movie that's all ADR dubbed after the fact with performers speaking a variety of languages and everything else. I think she does a good job conveying just this with great her body job. language and all that. She also looks phenomenal in this movie. I mean, she's always a beautiful woman, but she looks exceptionally good. And, uh, my wife called the twist at the end way before I did uh oh you called me your wife yeah no um the first time i watched it i was just sort of enthralled with the kind of psychosexual drama part of it and didn't even consider it and it's it's got like a couple different layers of twists and all the rest of that and uh you know the whole movie you're kind of thinking who's the bad guy who's the good guy you know classic giallo stuff so um it's nice because it's finally available again on Severin after being out of print for a long time. It was one of those where I had the opportunity to watch it when I first got into Giallo and missed my chance, and then it was out of print for ages, and being one of the more famous Edwige films, it was expensive to get a hold of, so they finally did a Blu-ray version that looks really quality, and um happy to have seen it now twice. Yeah, so.
0: no, it was, it was fun. I mean... You know, I can't disagree that uh, Torso is my favorite Martino movie. Because that movie is
1: a whole other level. Yeah, and plus that scene of Susie Kendall falling on the stairs is always a laugh riot.
0: Well, it's also got, like, you know, the, re- the same reason that, like, you know, uh, early American slashers are so iconic with, like, Freddy and Mike Myers and... Michael Myers, I'm sorry, not not the British comedian. Mm. Um, is because, like... Torso's much more visually striking in its killer sure. and its killings than, uh, Strange, War- uh, Strange Vice Strange and Miss Ward is.
1: Yeah. This is quality, but... Yeah, this is the classic, like, obscured face, you know, black coat, black gloves, which is good, but in Torso, you see his face. He's on the cover of many versions of it, and that, like, disturbing, homemade... Uh, ski mask look, and the the whole scene in the woods when he's chasing the girl yeah. after she leaves the hippie party, where it's a little bit of hide and seek, uh, and then he murders the shit out of her, is yeah yeah I would agree. It, you get an iconic looking antagonist. Yeah. So.
0: But yeah, I would definitely recommend this movie um, if you haven't seen it. It's funny because it, there's so many. Uh, titles that kind of blend together for me so I thought we'd watch this so long ago <laughs> mm. as far as like Giallo goes your voice is a locked room and only I have the key And
1: yeah we've watched that one a couple times yeah. and we talked about that film in particular on our uh, Giallo episode so many years ago because that was the one that Alexa reported on so but yeah for me I would say this this movie is You know, as far as the genre goes, I would put it in the probably like four out of five range, you know, something like that. I I might say in, in overall of like general films, I like my score might be a little lower. It doesn't have. I don't know. It's it's for it's. Level of budget, it's definitely one of the best, and there's a lot of like pretty meandering and boring edwish finnick films uh, comparatively. Like we we watched all the Colors of the Dark, and I think we were both kind of feeling like eh. yeah, like it's it's got some really good parts of it, but this uses Ivan Rasimov as the bad, well, one of the hypothetical bad guys really well. He's always super menacing, but George Hilton plays like such a won't take no for an answer playboy trying to get laid really well. And, uh, also her friend and, uh, his character's, uh, um... Cousin. Cousin, yeah, is super hottie. Um, but yeah, I I would say for me it's somewhere between, like, 3.5 and 4, you know, if you had to give it a number rating, so... I'd
0: stick probably closer to 3, just because I like a little bit more ridiculousness in my Giallo. Okay. I like a little bit more, uh, you're like, why is this, why is this in here? It doesn't matter, I love it. Yeah. Um... But then again, I' pretty sure my favorite Giallo is *Bird with the Crystal Plumage*, and that movie is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, although it's just the difference of like, there's more of a workman quality, I would say, to a movie like this compared to Argento or even Fulci's Giallo uh, endeavors. It's not quite as sensational or over the top, or it has near the budget. But I think that its plot and its plotting, like its pacing of the plot, is a lot. Better and consistently interesting, especially like I. It's hard not to make the comparisons to *Your Vices, a Lot Room*, or *All the Colors of the Dark*, or um *The Case of the Scorpion's Tail*, because you know basically all very similar cast of characters, same director, and I think of all those movies, this one is definitely the most interesting and and kind of. I like the twisty turny Agatha Crisp. Christy aspects of it, you know? Yeah,
0: it's very, um... I don't even know if I want to compare it to that, because it'll kind of give away the ending. So I won't say it, but... Yeah, very Agatha Christie-esque. Yeah. But watch it. I mean, you know, we don't give you bad recommendations, and if you think we do, you're an idiot, so...
1: Yeah, I think that even, you know, even if it's more closer to that three range, it's definitely worth watching once, and I would say, uh, you know is not a movie that would be painful to watch multiple times. I'm I'm happy I own it. It's, uh... And it... Yeah. I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying three's... Three's still in the somewhat upper echelon. Sure. Four and five are, like, my, like, you know, it's much more, uh... Those are really fucking great movies. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I do want to just mention briefly, uh, we talked about it uh, before we watched our movie, but... I saw Alex Garland's Men Last Night, and there are some... I mean, they're both movies with a female protagonist and uh, bad men doing bad things, although that's the most glib (laughs) and reduced version of what either movie is about. Is that a lot of horror movies? Yeah, sure, it certainly is. Uh, Certainly a lot of Giallo as well. Although, you know, there are plenty of movies with male protagonists and female victims, but I just was laughing i mean very different movies with very different aims this is you know still genre exploitation stuff and men is a horror film but also gets into not even necessarily headier areas but like way more art house than exploitation um i'm sure i will talk about that at the end of the year But I would say that for those who might hear this while it's still in theaters, which is unlikely because it's only one week after release and it's barely playing anywhere, which isn't shocking based on having now seen it. But um, highly, highly recommend watching that. If you like his other movies, you will probably like this. And I thought I was worried that we were going to go into sort of Lars von Trier Antichrist territory where it's like, an art house take on a movie, but with an extremely problematic, like intentionally problematic message, but Mm -hmm. still one where you feel like you might have to get defensive afterwards. I did not feel like this movie ever crossed that line and made a different, uh, point. I love any Christ. Like I don't, you know, obviously have any problem with it. I think it's a fantastic film, but don't, you don't have to worry about that. And also nobody gets raped. So that's a good bonus. So, uh, Yeah. On to the subject matter at hand. Yeah, what are we talking about again? I don't remember. Uh dick. No. Uh slicknical tech. Technical itch? No, nah, that can't be it. Ta- ta- tactical
0: We don't we tactical don't, stitching. We don't do music episodes.
1: Oh you're right. Yeah. We do culture. Primarily uh what is it called? Um Bronyism. Yeah. Bronies My- and uh I would say history on classic American toys. Yeah. A lot of episodes, about we did Slinky, we did Sorry, yeah, uh, Milton Bradley in general. That was a, I mean, that was an epic. Research. Yeah,
0: I didn't realize that Milton actually raped Bradley.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, trigger warning, yeah. first of all. Trigger warning on that one. I was couldn't uh, believe it. Yeah, never buy one of their products again. <laughs> yeah, the MB really gave him the D. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, no. Um, yeah, so we're on part two of Tekich. I want to start by saying two things. One. It, <laughs> It's funny. I am, and I I think I said this last time several times, but I'm not good at identifying what breakbeats are what. Like, I can hear an amen and sometimes, or an amen, and say, oh, this is it. But when we listened to the virus, which was what we ended on last time, I was like, oh, this is an amen smasher. And I don't even think it's an amen in the breakdown, like, heavy part of it, but I'm not good enough to tell. So if I say that and it's not actually an amen uh, I apologize but what I'm really meaning to say is that typically those songs have the parts where like you know the all the break beats really come in it gets really heavy a lot of times that is amen's uh, other times it's other drum loops I'm doing my best but like I just don't have an ear for that kind of a thing like I can I can talk a lot about music but I can't talk about the technical parts most of the time because I just don't know whether it's real and music I mean or...
0: being a noise musician isn't really being
1: a real musician so. no exactly so <laughs> I'm I'm, uh... Boom, there
0: goes half more listeners. Yeah,
1: intellectually bankrupt, and, uh, you know, skill bankrupt, and, and the whole nine. But, yeah, so we ended with the virus, and that, that was, um... I called it name Amen Smasher, and I don't even think that's accurate. Uh, the second thing is that just sort of... It's not so shocking, because... I think I talked about this a little bit, and you can remind me. Did I talk about my connection with the original Doom games and Tech Yeah,
0: we really went into doom
1: okay so i'm playing doom again
0: yeah we also talked about how old we are now but yes
1: yeah yeah so um yeah it's just funny because i've been sitting on doom eternal since it came out and i kept wanting to upgrade my pc before i played it really worried it was gonna not play well and finally i just said i'm gonna give it a shot and the game is so well optimized that even with my some pretty old parts of my computer it's running like a dream at ultra high settings so uh, i've been playing that which has just been reinforcing my listening of Tech Itch uh, for the last month or so. And um, it's just, yeah, it's like a whole, like, sort of nostalgia wheel for me. I put on a Penetrations record. I think of playing the old Doom. Then it makes me want to play the new Doom. Then I play those, you know, the new Doom and use Tech Itch as a soundtrack, and on and on it goes. Vicious cycle, really. Yeah. When I played Doom 2016 and I beat through it on Nightmare, I soundtracked it all to the Penetration records. Rip and tear. Yeah. So, uh, with all that being said, we left off uh, approaching the, uh, for a long time, only Technical Itch album, which is called Diagnostics. So, Diagnostics was released on June 7th, 1999, or maybe that's July 6th. It's hard to tell because they flipped their dates. So, uh, But I believe it to be June 7th, 1999. And. <laughs> what? That was. Just... It's hard. Uh, there, so there's, th- this is the main focus of where we're going to start, but I do want to just briefly mention a couple of the 12 inches that preceded it, because I'm going to talk about them in relationship, uh, to this. So we ended with the virus last time, which came out in February of 97. That was followed by, let's see the dreamer future forces remix. Uh, I think that's actually a 10 inch. Uh, then there was stronghold and hidden sound, uh, this one's pretty good. I I like the hidden sound remix by Dom and Roland better, but there's uh, you've got samples from NASA on there. There's chopped up Amons, uh tremens, generally like big fat clunky kind of bass. Um, right, right. Good stuff. Uh, then the virus and watch out remixes, which is just like a remix 12 inch of the virus and watch out that we ended on last time. So that's. It's pretty good. It doesn't really come that close to topping the original, but I love the virus so much that I've really come to enjoy the remixes too, just because it's like, okay, it's this thing I like, but we're getting sort of a different spin on it. So it's way less heavy and way less spooky sci-fi, but there is still this kind of like paranoid quality in some of the synth work because there's a lot of this like uh, wha- 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 kind of thing happening in parts of it that's mm-hmm, pretty mm-hmm. interesting um, so not essential Danny Br- sorry Danny Breaks is the remix on I think it's Watch Out but because I think the, the Virus remix is a TechEdge VIP but I might have it switched up but yeah definitely definitely something cool uh, not an essential early pickup if you're looking to build a H collection but not a bad one so then, like I mentioned, uh, hi- there was Hidden Sound, uh, Dom and Roland remix, and Protection. So the his remix of Hidden Sound reminds me a lot of what he did on Industry, which came out the same year. So this was 1998. Industry was Dom and Roland's first album. And similar to Diagnostics, it's it's one of those where, uh, for me, uh, both with Tech Itch and Dom and Roland, neither of them... Ever surpassed what they did on their first album as far as their albums went certainly uh, and I also just I struggle with Dom and Roland he releases songs I think are amazing and then he does a lot of stuff where I like it because it's weird and and he'll have some dark atmospheres but there's kind of a level of thick almost clunkiness to some of his things that I don't find is interesting and also he doesn't do as much breakbeat work it's kind of other types of drum patterns i mean they can be in there but i don't know he's very hit and miss for me and but this album is basically it gets a little samey but there are some really good songs on it and it starts with thunder which is uh i think uh anthemic might be the wrong word because of kind of the subdued nature of it but it's intro and all the rest of it it's like got these panning pads that start off that kind of sound like thunder in the distance it's like dun 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 and then the main synth comes in and then the you know you get your drop and all the rest of that but wonderful album and i would say if you're into the darker side of drum and bass industry and diagnostics are like these seminal late 90s they basically were the flags for moving shadow as far as the dark stuff went so so let me play a little bit of hidden sound the dumb and remix just because uh i think it'll help show what i'm talking about Stomping and stomping, you know, sort of half step, but like big, chunky kind of bits, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I think for me, so Tekic will go to that place sometimes. Don Roland does it a lot, and it can work. I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening, elements coming in now, out, interesting synth work. It's just, you compare it to like some of the more acid rollers that Tekich has or, or his and Smashers or whatever, just kind of like more heavy. And I guess it's just, it's a taste preference. It's not that that's bad, but I just prefer the other, so.
0: Makes perfect sense to me.
1: Yeah. But I heard this song originally, like, in in the middle of some, it was some like chunk of a mix from a, I don't know, Kiss FM or some kind of radio show that must have come out in the late, 90s, early 2000s, pulled off a Napster, and eventually I figured out that that song was this song uh, years and years later, and so I still have a really particularly fond place in my heart for it because of that. Uh, So, all right, let's get into all that being said, Diagnostics. So, uh, I originally purchased Diagnostics at Compound Records in Haight-Ashbury, uh in san francisco in 2002 and this was a small i don't know how long they were around but i think by 2004 if not three they were out of business they were a drum and bass only record store in the hate ashbury so i'm sure that just the increasing sort of insanely spiraling out rents of the um san francisco bay area stuff didn't help also being in the hate ashbury makes it even more expensive and then you know sort of the peak of drum and bass was, I would say, winding up by 2003. So not, not an easy thing to, uh, hang your hat on, but they, they had a bunch of, um, 12 inches CDs and all the rest of that. Plus you're paying all the crazy import prices. Cause most of it's coming from the UK. And I was in San Francisco area for like two weeks visiting my friend at the time. So I was 15 and I just remember like, we, we drove a lot to a lot of places, uh, with his mom in, in the car and, um, I just had this blasting on my headphones so loud <laughs> that his mom would be like, please turn that down. Even though she'd have like the car radio on and be driving, way, they could still hear me like destroying my eardrums.
0: Just slamming your head into the back of the seat.
1: Yeah, seriously. And before I ever got the CD, this again, they used to have samples on the Techich website, you know, these real player samples. And, uh, they had even, I think if memory serves me, there were descriptions of every song from the album, which was really cool to me. And we could probably spend the whole hour just talking about this album because every song is different. Uh, there's a lot to say about all of them and almost every one of them's a banger. Uh, because of both, I would say, a little bit nostalgia and when I heard it and all the rest of that, but also just because it sort of defined my taste and became the high watermark. This, for me, is my favorite drum and bass album without question. I own it. I own two copies of the C D, my original one, which is unplayable, a second one I bought a year or two ago, and also the vinyl version of it, which is missing two tracks and has some slightly different intros on the tracks. And I if there was another way to buy it, I would buy it again. I fucking love it. So
0: just get the whole album tattooed on your on your like
1: booty. Yeah. I get like the sound waves or something. Yeah. But yeah, it it it's It's just really good, and I'm so I have listed here, like, we should listen to LED and Reborn, but also we should listen to Focus, and also we should listen to Shift, and then it's just like, well, that's four of the 12 tracks, maybe we don't do that, so I'm gonna briefly run through, I'm gonna briefly play Focus, because I think hearing how this thing fucking starts is important to kind of know, like, how, like oh my god he's going for the throat immediately but then led is where we need to spend our time or lead depending on uh the way it's presented as far as the title goes <laughs> Extremely tempting to just listen to the whole song because, goddamn, I-, I talked al- last time about Photex, the third sequence from White Blood XL, and this is one of the few songs I think uh, that kind of strikes a similar balance of high tech and weird and not particularly dance floor oriented. Like it's there's a like a little bit of like dark IDM almost in the yeah. influence to me and especially the production in general on this album is pretty exquisite and some of the songs will have some like very distorted bass lines or um break beats but mostly it's pretty clean and this song is just like you know uh ultra precise you know synth hits use of the drum loops like it's not there's it's very clear layers of space and very clean layers of sound mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. clinical in the best use of the way not in a feel nothing ultra compressed way and it's just such an awesome opener and when the when the sort of drop comes which is is on the drums and not heavy but the bass that like which is like crunchy fucking heavy it's it's very very good uh and so that, that's one of my favorites. I remember when I got my... A couple cars ago, it was my new car. It was the first time I had a car with a good sound system. The first thing I did to test it was put that song on. I was just like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is nice. This is a good time. So one of the... I guess the real single from the album, though, is called LED or LED. It's spelled LED. Um, I've seen it, like, full capitalized, so that makes me think it's LED, but I've also seen it not, so don't know that it really particularly matters. Uh, But this is, I think I may have mentioned a little bit before, but one of the ways in which I came to know Tekich was the way that he filters breakbeats, especially chopping up multiple different breakbeats in a row and filtering them through. And he kind of had his main period of this, which was late 98 to early 2000 is when you heard the most of these types of songs. So there's a there's a record under a different alias called Secret Methods, Volume Two. There's a song on there called MorTex that does that. There's a twelve inch that came right out before uh, came out right before Diagnostics called Tricianite and Scope. Scope the B side also does this. LED does this. Uh, there's a couple other tracks um, that do it as well, and it's this very particular, very interesting sound wall by Domin Roland does it. Uh, And as does the Samwell VIP, I think, I think that might be Dom and Optical or um, I might be misremembering. I don't want to miss anybody's attribution, but yeah, it's this breakbeat devastation, filtering, distortion, uh, just hovering atmosphere of dread, Terminator music type stuff. And this, this song was released with ARCT also from the album as a single uh, where art is much more tech, uh, tech step sci-fi weirdness, way less heavy. Uh, LEDs the the big one, and it also appears on ninety nine point one, which was the first of the sampler mix CDs put out by Moving Shadow that year. And I, I'm I know it's on other mixes of the era, and it was also again one of the first ones I was able to grab from file sharing before I got this album. So I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a good bit into the song once the all the filtering really starts to happen to kind of show what this is like. As far as these songs go, it's hard for me to pick. It's either lead or scope from the previous 12-inch do-it-the-best to me, but like I pretty much always smile when I hear this work getting done uh by Tech. If so this is this like is a blowjob for the ears. <laughs> atmospheres of like i can imagine sort of the pyramids in the beginning of blade runner and stuff like that but instead of just being a desolate dystopian cityscape it's also like the squid robots from the matrix are flying around lasers are shooting it's not full-on terminator future flashback whatever stuff but nobody's having a good time <laughs> you know and uh i guess nothing changes in the future no yeah right but but you hear what i mean about like the all the just distortion, all the change-ups on the drums and everything. Yeah. It, it gets... It, and they, they get really distorted, which is cool. Like, it's not, not a thing you normally hear. On top of fucking absolutely massive bass and just this, like, you know, dystopian nightmare sci-fi vibes.
0: It's good. Yeah. Dystopian nightmare sci-fi is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, that is... Uh, that's LED. And I'm gonna just briefly play Reborn... Uh, I want to mention "Shift," which is the closer. It's this like two-step industrial, like banger. That if this came out in the last five years by any one of the sort of techno drum and bass gray area crossover guys, people would be going cuckoo bananas for it. It's um, I would say a bit of a hidden gem because it really it was way more industrial than you were hearing from almost really anywhere else. And uh, again, I think only think equivocal would be some of Dom and Roll stuff, but it definitely has uh, its own sort of spin on that. But the other one, the only, the reason why I'm playing Reborn rather than Shift is that Reborn, I think, is also indicative of another strain of what Tekich does moving forward, which is songs that feature 303 uh, or 303 style acid bass lines mixed right into drum and bass, and I've always loved Acid, and I've always loved drum and bass, and you know, you put those two things together. I've talked about the 303 about a million fucking Mwah, times in show. Chef's kiss. Yeah, so, and this is, I mean, this song is like it to the most to the max, but we're going to play some other songs today and next episode that have more of that. So, uh, the full long title on the, if you look at the artwork for the album is Reborn, period, Understanding Will Come With Training. Um, is
0: this Van Galleon movie title?
1: Yeah, right? Uh, <laughs> you will not repeat. But yeah, so this is Reborn. Reborn's been remixed. There's a VIP on Kilobyte's Volume 2. There was a remix by Diesel Boy and Cohorts that finally came out way later. That was originally on the Project Human mix CD, uh, which I heard before this original version. Uh, this also showed up on 99.1. I- again, another like big deal. Lots of people heard it. Wound up on a lot of mixes. Tech track.
2: Understanding will come with training, a further exercising of your souls who come, the backbone of our body's defenses.
1: Could do a whole episode on this album and had considered doing that in the past. So that one's way less about crazy drum programming. Not at all about that, really. It's it's all about compounded levels of this acid synth, you know, different levels of modulation distortion on it. And it's just, it's got this huge, there's a big, like, backing sort of heartbeat style bass happening but then the, and then they'll have these like really harsh lines that'll come in on top of it when it's kind of at its peak moments and yeah again for me it's weird because it just can't be really overstated enough talking about this for me is like if this was anything else, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I've always liked this. It's like, this is why I've always liked this. This is where I first heard this and said, oh, yes, I like this very much. This is my identity now. Yeah, not so much that, but just, you know, it was, it it was you know, the sort of foundation of what I became. Like, how oh, I like it. these things. Molded
0: by it. Yeah,
1: precisely. So, diagnostics is fantastic. It's still pretty reasonable to pick up. Uh, shipping will be brutal if you get it from abroad because it's five pieces of vinyl. So, uh, but the CD is honestly, in some ways, a better get because you get two extra tracks and uh, you know pristine quality. You don't have to worry about flipping through five pieces of vinyl. But you know, depending on what you want it for, I have it in both versions because I had to. But of course um, you do. Yeah, I fucking fucking love it. It's the best. So. He follows that up with Generation and Viking, a twelve inch, another twelve inch on um, Moving Shadow, similar kind of vibes. Generation is is really nice two step roller. Viking is a lot like Atlantic State, which we're gonna talk about next, uh, which is a track he did with Diesel Boy, but also has some cut up omens and stuff like that. I like this is one of the records I don't own from this period and just. Uh, Just never got around to picking it up But it's really, really good I had an ex-girlfriend who bought it for me But then we broke up before she gave it to me So I never got it, which sucks And it's sitting in her I don't even own a record player collection But Yeah,
0: well, way to make that mistake
1: If I could fix all the music mistakes of my past That's a whole other thing Uh, Then there was Headlock, Backed with Deception So Headlock was by Decoder Deceptions by Tekich. This came out on Tech-itch, uh Recordings in 1999. So we're now in like the late 99 uh, era. So Headlock is a classic Decoder techie style roller. Deception is this big chunky monster track that fits very well with what he did on Diagnostics. I first heard that on Diesel Boy's Soldier Story re- uh, mix album, which I talked about last time. And the next song we're going to talk about is also on that mix album atlantic state and one of the things that's worth noting about diesel boy may have mentioned it previously is typically he plays all his records at plus 10 uh speed on the turntables so i got so used to hearing all these songs and then i would buy the records much later in life and put them on and be like this is slower and not as good i don't like this (laughs) but then i realized i could just record the songs in audacity and then i would just export versions of them playing at their normal Intended speed and then just bump it up to ten percent and have a version at that speed and so then I'm like okay this is like I remember so I I have basically slowly over time bought almost every single record that's on the Soldier Story mix album because that is like the album for me and uh, I finally got Vertigo's The Drain uh, a couple months ago which is a fucking incredible twelve inch but. Uh, Yeah, so Tekich had done uh, a 12-inch with Diesel Boy early on in the Tekich history label. It was the TIC crew versus Diesel Boy, and uh, there was a track called Scythe and another track on there. And uh, it was... I have multiple pages of notes, but I don't have the release date for that one. It came out before this, before diagnostics. I want to say it was 97 or 98. Uh, That one is very expensive, and and pretty good, but this is the better twelve inch, anyways, in my opinion. Uh, so Atlantic State, I'm gonna just play and let it speak for itself. But it's 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 really fucking good. It's one of my all time favorites. And then Scythe V2 is is pretty good, uh, but just doesn't matter because you've got Atlantic State. So uh, without further ado, I'll just play that. The thing, at least for me, is it's just the... It's, again, it's like modulating these really gnarly sounding synth lines. So it's like... And just, you know, does... Works on that level. And the, the beats are not super complicated or anything, but the it's just... It's that... It gets, like, so gnarly sounding. And I also really like it because the first and uh, the sort of lead-in and the lead-in the second drop both have these very nice like ambient sounding oh is this liquid d for a second and then that shit kicks in and it's just like no not at all and also appreciate that in the soldier stories soldier's story mix cd diesel Boy plays almost the whole track it's like this in the last one uh which is it a piche song i forget no it's a uh, decoder you know, just get like a full playthrough basically, and barely mixed at all, which is always nice. So, uh, the speed sped up version on the mix I definitely like better than what we just heard, which is the original speed of it. But uh, same song, just a little bit more pep in it, step.
0: You're almost like one of those human beatbox guys that you see on the interwebs and the TikToks, and yeah, sounds,
1: yeah, almost. So the the next EP is Parallax which was another Tech Recordings. This is uh, Tech 26. Came out in February of 2000. And this is still a lot of kind of techno-y, like acid techno. There's, there's a lot of acid line stuff in it, but just like having more to me of still in line with the high sci-fi vibes of diagnostics before we get into some of the a little bit more pop culture referencing sci-fi stuff that we're about to hit in a second. Well,
0: that might actually be a sci-fi pop culture reference parallax. It's a villain from green lantern.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's that. It's also, uh, it's the, it's a chemistry thing where it's like the idea of parallax is if you're looking at a test tube dead on, you're seeing it this amount. If you look at it and it's lower than you, you see a different amount. If it's higher than you, you see a different amount and I think there's a more real definition of it uh, than that, but that's my understanding of what it is. It's also the name of a 70s um, thriller and yada yada. Mm, is nuts. Yeah. I'm not going to play a sample from that record, but it is one of my favorites. I picked it up on eBay uh, from... So I bought it on eBay, but I bought it from 611 Records, which used to be a record store on 4th and South. And they had that was back in the day when Diesel Boy was still here. And so they had a great drum and bass selection of stuff that constantly moved through and a lot of used records. So uh, the first copy I bought had a little bit of a click on, I think it was the seaside. And I bought another copy later that was a little bit cleaner, much later. Um, but the opening track is Stealth, which is this big acid d and uh, sci-fi thing. Then the second one is Extension, which is uh, Almond Roller with like sort of ufo dread vibes uh stack two is a new version of stack which also appeared on soldier story uh which is way heavy on the amens and then racked is this acid two-step thing so that that's one of my favorites i the only reason i don't cover it here is we've already covered a decent amount of acid uh and then the next ep is probably more noteworthy anyways which is the never after ep so this is on moving shadows mx msx series which was their limited edition no cover all basically pseudo white label releases and these got some of the best tracks by the artists that did them uh most of them are not really worth much but some of them can get very expensive this one i didn't track down until maybe two years ago it was one i always wanted to get there were periods where it would sell for a lot of money especially closer to back in the day when it was newly sold out. Uh, and almost all the songs on here have shown up in mixes that either Techage has done or uh, Diesel Boy or other DJs of the uh, era. Time Code uses the crystal on the zero one point one mix, which is the one featured in, um, sorry, GTA 3. And I th- is Dimensions on it too? I think I think both of them are. But i don't think that part of the mix makes it into the video game so i'm gonna play i'm gonna play dimensions crystal might be in some ways the more famous track it's got this like outrageously massive bass uh just like rumble that's constantly happening uh features uh jim henson's dark crystal in it which is awesome and as a kid i loved that movie and i was like is this from the dark crystal is this a thing artists can do that's cool uh, relic is on kilobytes two, uh, which is a roller similar to early penetration record stuff. Lots of bass pressure, very tech, uh, like techie techno synth type of sounds extraction is, uh, I have it here in my notes as like falling down an endless mine shaft, <laughs> two step roller with a great synth. That's probably my least heard one. Cause it's not on any other mix that I also own and listen to a lot. But Dimensions, the reason I played is A, you just need to hear the intro sample and be like, oh shit. And then as soon as the scents start, you're like, I've never heard anything before or after like this. It is one of the most like gnarled constructions of just like ugly, ripping, distorted bleh, And the sample is from the UK dub version of Wicked City. And so. Yeah. Uh, because of my love of Wicked City and also this song, I did the U.S. dub version. Uh, Andrew did a whole remixed intro thing that we used to start one of our albums, the one on Malignant that most people have probably heard for Concrete Mascara. And, uh, I've also used the UK version of it in, uh, live intros and done effects on that. But it all started, like, I i heard this song way before i ever saw wicked city but then i saw wicked city and was like oh fuck that's what this is from and so um yeah it's i'm just gonna play it i'm gonna play a little into the song but i'm gonna put the intro sample first because it's such a fucking scene setter and it, it this is what ends one of the discs of kilobytes too that's what it is so this is dimensions from msx5 <laughs> You've got your obscenely gnarled bass, and you've got your excellent anime samples that are not cringy at all. So, what more can you want?
0: I don't think I've ever heard the UK, but it does sound really good with
1: a British accent, I'm not gonna lie. And like, the pitch shifted and all the rest of that. Yeah. Mankind clings to ideas of order, not wanting to understand the fearful dimensions which lie parallel to the world we think we know. It's like so spooky yeah that that there's there's nothing else in my knowledge and experience that is remotely like that that level of just gnarled ugly i mean perfectly encapsulates the vibe of sin or wicked city which is just gnarled and ugly and menacing so
0: might watch demon city shinjuku later tonight
1: there you go uh, so yeah, so Never After EP, that one's still Catching Good Prices, All Good Songs, highly recommend uh, Those So Dimensions, I for whatever reason Moving Shadow decided that that would be the one they would single from that So they, they do this a lot with the MSX series where I don't know whether it's a popularity thing or I would imagine it was that But they released the A and B of the record as a single 12 inch after the fact so you can get dimensions with relic but then you're still missing the crystal which is you know at that point just buy, just buy the original uh so then shortly thereafter in 2001 so this is like mid let's see allegedly august 21st 2000 is when never after comes out so we get our first Penetration record in 2001. So Penetration Records is a sub-label of Tekich. It's wholly owned by Tekich. Everything on it is uh, by Tekich, except for the last record, which has his remix of Lime Wax's Cracking Core. There are some remixes by other artists of his material, but you know this is the one with the hentai record sleeves. So Penetration 1 is good. Borgmind and Brace. Uh, both good songs, but nothing mind-blowing. Uh... I think it was Brace was on Kilobytes Volume 2. And, you know, good start, but not not like, oh, my God, this is going to be the series, you know. Then Kilobytes Volume 2 comes out. So I already spent a lot of time talking about how this is my introduction, basically, to TechEdge, along with the 01.1 mix. Comes out July 30th, 2001. So I have in my notes two hours of relentless dark step and heavy tech step. First disc was available as a real player file from the Moving Web, uh, Moving Shadow website. Uh, and then I talked about my whole hunt to get a copy of this album. Uh, there are five new techish tracks on the album, uh, including a CD exclusive, which is the Reborn VIP I had mentioned previously. That one's even more acid-y than the original, which is hard to imagine. And then of all the songs on here, a lot of which go into some very interesting, like very techy synth all like not neurofunk but like very interested in more technoey style almost like trancy level of sense in some of the stuff by Tekich and then there's also um really good biostasis song called shatter and there's uh altered beast by decoder and Tekich i think it is and um but the the big one for me is analysis which is similar to the ruckus or pressure drop or a lot of those other songs where it's just You know, you get your minute and a half to two minute build up and then vocal sample comes in. It's like analysis, analysis. (laughs) And then just huge Mm -hmm. amen drop and, you know, rinse, repeat the second time gets a little heavier. Uh, I would play that, but we're going to play the big one in a second. So it's going to be sort of redundant to play both. Uh, But I've I've spent a lot of time already talking about Kilobytes Volume 2. Super essential, surprisingly difficult to get now. Uh, but if you can snag a copy of the double CD, it's fucking awesome. It's just like a wonderful snapshot of just the the darkest and heaviest drum and bass from the era. So, we get Penetration 2 next, which I'd love to play, but time is an issue. Uh, telekinetic is the A-side, which is this... It's like, telekinetic motherfucker. <laughs> it, would, it would be corny, but like, it, it, it's... It's got this really nice acid line that comes through it and it's it's just this uh broken beat like sort of roller. I like it a lot. I've read other people talk about it. it's eh, okay. I'm like, "Nah, this is this is one of my all-time favorites. It's it's so good." Again, part of that original 7 records I got. And the B-side Hallion is this <laughs> I forget if it's the first or the second drop, but there's this part where the I think it's the second one. Where the bass gets just like absolutely phases out and gets hollowed out and then comes back in and it's just this like wow 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 and just gets like fucking huge and
0: I don't even know why we play samples. We just, just to do
1: them all. <laughs> people are really tortured by this. But, I mean, when I when I listen to these records, I either am making that sound or I'm making it in my head as I'm listening <laughs> to it. It's like, you know, the way other people do air guitar, and I do that shit too. But, like, I can't help myself. It's, you know, whatever. Um, I love Penetration 2. It's one of my favorite from the series uh the next one is atlantic state biotic remix and stack version three by the hive this is a techage recordings release so you've got remixes by dylan and fax and also the hive and both of these remixes kind of suck and are nowhere as good as the original especially for atlantic state which is just like that was a perfect song so you really gotta come guns blazing and they they did not. No, I like Dylan and Facts and everything around like Outbreak, Biotic, uh, Kylon, all that stuff. Like, they really are very hit and miss for me. Uh, sometimes I think their songs are amazing, other times it sounds like they're using 10 year old samples to create uninteresting arrangements, but it is what it is. Penetration 3. So, this is February 1st, 2002, if the dates online are be, to be believed. So, you've got. The first one is uh the fear and it's uh this is one of the tracks that samples david lynch's dune so you have uh kyle mclaughlin reciting the litany of fear while the hunter seeker's coming at him so it's like must not fear 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 is the mind killer you know blah 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 and it's just it's you know it's good give me this look what are you what are you i'm just
0: thinking about kyle mclaughlin and dune i'm just smiling sure
1: like... sure I can't smile on the podcast now, Dick Fetty. So I I have written in my notes, Acid Sense and Samples Kyle McLaughlin, Baseline like a rubber snake. Absolute roller. So, (laughs) Absolute fucking roller, bro. I mean, look, it's a term. And I wrote all these notes contemporaneous with listening to this at the time. And since we're not playing every fucking song I'm talking about. I'm going to be referring This doesn't to my need to notes, be a 40
0: a 40 episode uh, I mean it series. could be
1: but it would be a little much. And then Release Me is wonderful female vocals over another acid roller. And that's pretty much it. It's just like come on,
2: release me
1: and then, you know, <laughs> all that shit. Good one. Good one. Okay, so now we're hitting another well-known, well-received, I think uh, a High amount of copies sold, Immortal Soul EP. So this has Heaven, Mind Killer, uh, what's the other ones? Dreams, and Heavy Metal. And I think every single one of these songs was on at least one widely circulated mix CD. Uh, DJ Trace's, uh, what is it, Four Degrees from Vertical or something like that. Uh, there was um, The Sixth Session features Heavy Metal, which is Diesel Boy's. Mix, which is also the best-selling drum and bass mix CD in the U.S. of all time, went—I don't know if it went platinum, but I think it went gold. It was—it sold a shitload of copies for a very heavy drum and bass mix. And uh, Heaven's on Kilobytes Volume Two. It's on some other mixes, and uh, Mind Killer might be the only one that's not on anything. But this is this is just solid gold all throughout. This is kind of like. I would say, as far as the more dance floor oriented, less technologically advanced sounding 1999 era diagnostic stuff, like we're only two years later, but we're getting into much more, I would say, gnarly but functional records. More, you know, clearly for the dance floor, it feels like to me a little less experimental, but uh, just really starts like banging them out. So I'm going to play. I'm going to play a clip from Heavy Metal that's from the six-session mix CD because I think that the arrangement is slightly different than what was officially released, which is not uncommon because we talked about the whole dub plate thing. So a lot of times, like, demo versions of songs would be sent to people, and especially Diesel Boy. Diesel Boy has, in widely circulated mix CDs, multiple package songs which never show up anywhere else. Uh, that, That includes Pusher from the same mix, the original version of Stack. There's another one I'm forgetting but this is the version a lot of people came to know and there i think on discogs there are comments on the immortal soul ep of like i heard this on the succession but this doesn't really sound the same part of it's the speed but i think also the arrangements are different so anywho this is heavy metal by tech the connection between this dimensions, this sort of like more really gnarled sounding sense, you know, and kind of weird shapes and all that. Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> what?
0: Why are you laughing at me? No, I
1: don't. I The way you said that, I'm like, are you fucking with me? Or? No, no, no. Yeah. So, you know, this, this is, this is that era and we're going to play. So we just played heavy metal. I, I'm just going to say the ruckus is up next as far as samples go And you're going to hear, like, there's this similarity of these just, you know, the synths are not... Like, you listen to Tech Step stuff, and, like, they'll have some level of this kind of distortion and gnarliness, but... Not
0: to this level. Yeah,
1: it's like these abstract shapes, (laughs) and all the weird, like, insectoid buzzing shit panning out, and then... I mean, I think five or six different breakbeats in that minute and a half we listened to and that's not even particularly like a highly cut up it's just wonderful you know and I also have so many memories of just doing so much speed and listening to that song and that mix in particular because two of my friends had it uh, because we liked it so much and uh, you know wherever we went it was uh, drum and bass and a line so it's good times and also not but Anywho, uh, (laughs) so this is the timeline gets fucky here because moving shadow provides very specific dates for their releases, which I'm willing to believe because even way back in the day, they had a pretty highly organized database of everything they had put out, but trusting discogs for the releases on a lot of what's coming up, up until like post 2010, when everybody was really hot on getting that shit, right? This stuff can be hard to say. And plus, also white label versions of these records would come out before the full release with the picture art. Or sometimes it would be like the record's still a white label, but you'd get the the actual art. Or you get like a modified later version that's kind of like a die cut. So it's not always super easy to say, like, what is the official release date of some of these. But it appears that Penetration 4 came out after the Immortal Soul EP uh, penetration 4 is The Ruckus and Nitron. So before I play The Ruckus, I'll just talk about Nitron briefly. Uh, I have it written here as Nitron is the paranoid sister to Halion, which was in Penetration 2, and took years to grow on me, uh, but is very good and very different. And again, is another one where I like the first half, but the second drop gets into some, like... It changes the sounds in certain ways that make it way more fucking menacing and weird and really click for me, so... Um, I mean,
0: menacing and weird, those are the two things I'd use to describe you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, so the ruckus, though, is the reason for the season. This this song has received multiple remixes over the years, uh, I think one of them by Tekage himself, and it's... It, there. You'll be able to easily tell why we loved it so much in high school as young men who were... Uh, you know annoying and naughty and all the rest and i believe that it's a modified version of the uh, like sampled from wu-tang's bring the ruckus but i don't have that 100 percent confirmed because the actual vocals in it are not in the same order that they are on that so but it could just easily be that the sample's been
0: you just took my joke of about me about to tell you to bring the ruckus ah
1: yeah do you want to say it now
0: yeah, dick fatty. Bring the
1: ruckus. All wow. right. Dude, it still hits so hard after so long. Oh my God, twenty years old that record is, which is just crazy to me. But yeah, I mean, it's there's there's a lot of things. I'll try to be brief. One is obviously shitload of breakbeats, just so many different. A lot of amens. Like this is this is an amen smash. I can say that with certainty. I can hear it. I can tell it. I know it to be true. Um it's the big one. Send your emails too. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh but the other thing is that there, there's that uh sort of like uh smaller synth in the background, like the high the high synth in it that adds this like level of tension. And then there are moments every couple of bars where the all the drums pull out and it's just got this like it sounds like the the bass synth is like just dumping out. It's like, ooh, 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 and then, and then it kicks back in again. And it's these moments of like build tension release is so effective. Uh, so you guys have just heard the second drop uh, from there, but the, I mean, the, just the whole thing. And it's so nice because this record fetches a pretty good price these days. I really need a second copy because mine's fucking beat up, but uh, it, it's just, it's so, it's so good. It's so just just excellent in my mind and like deeply burned into my brain from you know high school onwards. And every time I hear that, I just think of Doom Two. I think of the Crusher level with the starts with the Spider Mastermind Mm -hmm. and all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we
0: never think of Doom Three.
1: I love Doom Three. Just
0: kidding, it was a joke.
1: Okay, well, I mean, watch your back.
0: You don't have to get so fucking defensive over Doom, okay? God, we all know your favorite movie of all time is dwayne the rock johnson and doom yeah
1: so i'm gonna breeze through these next couple so from this point we get a lot of penetration records pretty quickly and for me the quality at least it's still kind of jumping around and doing different things but this next one is the first one where i don't own it i don't love it and to this day i'm still just don't really feel it that hard. It's more of like feels like a more of an acid techno record than just like a drum bass one. It's not bad. It's just not as good. It's not what you want. It's just not it just it just doesn't hit. And also the drums, like he there are times where the drums sound kinda weird and it's they're very like different style of patterns and break beats, which I'm not opposed to, but it doesn't always work for me. So this is Penetration Five. Uh the first track is The Ring, which samples Lord of the Rings, Gandalf, Ian McKellen. So already Brian it's a little f- yeah it's a little bit uh, too like big triple A blockbuster sampley kind of thing. Then the second song, Think, feature is samples um, Professor X from the first X Men movie, the Brian Singer one. And I like that movie better, and I also like the song better, but it still is. It definitely hinders both of these songs for me to have such like identifiable, you know, big-budget movies. Along the same lines, Penetration 6 uh, features... The first track is Destiny, which features Neo from The Matrix. And... Or, I'm sorry, Morpheus. And it's better. It's got, like, the samples of the part where it's showing, like, the post-apocalyptic, like, cracking sky, thunder, whatever shit, on top of a lot of, like, uh, acid, synthy, whatever stuff. It's good, like... When I was this age, I fucking loved The Matrix and everything that it was doing. Obviously, in the years that have gone on, it's... Only gotten better.
0: <laughs> but it's... That new, that new Matrix movie. Wow. It,
1: yeah, it, but this is a weird track. And uh, it's got, like, this big Armageddon mood. And I I do like it a lot. It's not as great as, as the stuff that had come before it. But the B-side for this one is called Contaminate... And this has like some frantic, almost breakcore level like drum programming and not usual breakbeats. It is fucking bananas. Could not imagine trying to mix this into a set, but it's re-listening to it, preparing for this episode. I thought, holy shit, this is kind of the shit that like basically all the skullstep guys started doing a couple of years later. Like, oh, this is the origin. Some of this is here. I hear this now, but I still love that track. It's it's very. Very woolly and wily, and 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 uh, a fan. Then we get to what is always a giant misstep in anybody's discography: putting out a picture disc. Don't do this; your record will sound like shit. I don't understand. I don't understand. And this is before the days. But band they're camp. so cool to look at. No, they're not. They're just like okay. This one is pretty cool. You've seen this before, right? Yeah, that looks dope as shit. Yeah, yeah. Admittedly, this does look dope as shit. It's it's big titty anime, uh, hentai, but it's a seven. You know, it's a picture disc. So, uh, and it's a remix of the ruckus, and it's a remix of telekinetic. Uh, so that's that's cool. Uh, the collector's
0: but, item. Like I'm sure the Friday the Thirteenth soundtrack that has the blood in it sounds like garbage.
1: Yeah. I don't. I just will never understand. I'm sure it's something just different in the printing process, but colored vinyl typically fine, no different than black. Picture discs, I just it. I, it must be some kind of way that they're pressed. Uh, some of them are better than others. This one's not that bad, but there's definitely just like automatically this layer of like cottony wool kind of sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I'm used to it because I've been listening to it for 20 years now, but neither of these remixes surpassed the original. I will say that the remix of Telekinetic, way less menacing and acid, but very, very good. Uh, that's Black Sun Empire, who this is still pretty early in their career, and I'm not the biggest fan, although a lot of people are very big fans of them. It's a pretty good remix, and for some people, they definitely prefer it over the original. I'm glad to have got this when it was released, but you know, if you if you have a choice between the DK remix of the Ruckus and the original, definitely go with the original. Or go with the Leon Switch and Cryptic Minds. So, I want to end out here with what is one of the last really fantastic EPs. And one of the last records that Tekich did for Moving Shadow. Uh, this is his second MESX EP. It's called The Rising. And... Uh, I think that if the dates are right, this is the first record he did with MC Jakes. Now, it's possible that MC Jakes was on the Diogen EP, and that maybe came out before, but I could not get the dates right. Like I saw a lot of conflicting information. And I I thought that MC Jakes had done a track with him before, but I might be wrong. And I also think, if memory serves me, MC Jakes came up doing stuff with Easy Rollers and then switched over. But we're going to get a lot of Almost every song Tekkish does with MC Jakes Is one of the best songs And I'm not normally a big MC fan In drum and bass even though I understand it's like A critical part of the history of it But he really Both his voice and his lyrics And all the rest totally Contribute to and improve The atmosphere of like evil, dread Spooks, whatever And don't take away from it So uh The Rising is like the big one that's the big anthem. It shows up on 02.2, a bunch of other mixed CDs at the time. Uh, Oh yeah, and here here I have it in my notes. MC Jigs previously worked with Easy Rollers, so I'm not an idiot. I have The Rising is an ice cold almond smasher, which is a joke because it's about the temperature rising. (laughs) I fucking hate you. Yeah, thank you. Also Uh, guys,
0: sorry for the fucking lawnmower you can hear in the background. Yeah,
1: there's nothing I can do about that fucking anthem uh still gets me hyped the first drop takes almost 3 minutes to get to we will not be playing it for that long uh then there's hardways which is a broken beat roller with a gnarly bass workout really good a- everything on here is ace D-Control is a fucking like really nice like needling acid roller like that one a lot dark horse favorite and then there's whirlwind which is another dune sampling masterpiece So they talk about the quiz at Satterrack. I cannot tell. I've listened to, I've watched the original Dune many times. I've never seen the miniseries version. I think that these samples are taken from the miniseries one because I cannot find a part in Lynch's version that uh, syncs up to this. I have the miniseries at my house. Okay, so yeah, we might have to watch it to get there, but, or it could be a little bit of both because it's also pitch shifted. But uh, we'll give you guys an update. The sample, which I don't have time to play, but you know what? Fuck it, we're gonna play it. But yeah. this is this is the uh, this is what is said in it. So it it is the place we cannot go. And then Paul says, "No, I am something more. I am something unexpected. I am the thinker. I am the giver and the taker. I am the one who can be many places at once. I am the master of fate." And this is important, personally. Because when this record came out And I got it from some online shop Based out of Seattle Me, Andrew, our other friends at the time We fucking loved this record And we loved this And I think this was right before I started doing drugs But around that time I, We were listening to it I think we were all fucked up one night And I was like, I am the ma... And then that just sort of became like a running joke And so all the time like I would just, especially when I was fucked up Be like, oh, I am the ma... You know, and we all knew it because we all uh, just one of those things love that track so i'm going to play the rising for a minute first because that's the big anthem but i want to play the whirlwind because we both love dune so it's true and then we're going to call it guys
2: Bust your style keep the
3: mercury rising 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 rising
1: That's the Ryzen. And I just want to say this last thing. We're just going to play. We'll play ourselves out with the whirlwind. So, but I just want to mention that Itch put out almost 30 records in the course of like three-ish years. And I would say the majority of those, if you like Itch, are mandatory. It's just crazy. Between 1999 and 2002, it's just like fucking solid gold. Other than Penetration 5. Uh, and penetration one's like good, just not as good as the rest. But that's such an insane run, and and to be like just knocking them out and being that productive, it's not easy. And we'll see what happens later with all that. But uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, doesn't stay as good. Let's end on a high note with the whirlwind. Later, nerds. Later, nerds.
3: I am something I am
2: something unexpected, I am the fulgur, the giver, and the taker. I am the one who can be many places at once, I am
3: the master of faith, faith, faith.